Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. We got a fantastic podcast for you today. You're going to love the topic. Before we get to the topic, I want to thank all of you who have been giving us five-star reviews on iTunes and on Spotify. We certainly appreciate your continued support, keeping this the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. We're downloaded in over 60 different countries, as well as the United States being uh, number one by far. And for those of you who have not yet done so, please do so. That is your homework from today's and every uh, podcast. So many of you have uh, really made this podcast part of your daily lives and as creating this podcast for you guys has become part of our daily life. And so please do support the podcast and support the continuation of the show by simply giving us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify. And when you do, that actually really helps us to pick up more listeners and downloads because it tells the algorithms that you are a fan and also that it would benefit other real estate professionals. So please do take the time. It doesn't take that long to give us a five-star review on iTunes and on Spotify. And for those of you who have done that already, we sincerely appreciate it. The more the merrier. It should be the homework assignment of every single one of you listening, which is, by the way, tens of thousands of you download and listen to this podcast every single day. And like I said, it's by far the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. So um, we've got a great topic. And the topic of today's show is your step-by-step open house plan. Now, I know this is going to seem counterintuitive what I'm about to say, but it's absolutely true. Open houses are one of the best places, if you know how to do it, to generate really powerful, amazing, wait for it, wait for it, seller leads. So we're going to give you a lot of points today and we're going to walk through with detail of essentially how you implement every single point. Remember, the notes from our podcast, as well as every podcast that we do, are waiting for you over on our main website, timandjulieharris.com. But also we do, and though unfortunately not always can we actually include, all of our notes on iTunes and on Spotify. But if you are on iTunes and Spotify, you're looking for the notes, just open up the show description. Chances are they will all be there. Hopefully all of them there are there. And if not, you can hop over to timandjulieharris.com and you can find our past podcast with all the complete notes living for uh, living and waiting for you over on our main site again, timandjulieharris.com. So Julie Harris, welcome to today's show. Yes, thank you. I love this topic. And I was thinking as I was writing through all these points and reviewing this with you, I wonder how many houses we sold as a result of open houses, <laughs> as well as, I mean, it's an endless supply of buyers, but in terms of listings, and one of the things that I was remembering was when we used to do, of course, all the points that we're going to give to them with our open houses, the for sale by owners in the neighborhood were a lot easier to list, right? So one thing leads to the next, but I'm going to start with two facts. One, in a market with too few homes for so many buyers, open houses are an amazing source of business. So don't ignore this opportunity. It's one of the best things, I think, about this tight housing market is how well open houses are working. Now, if you don't have your own open house on your own listing this weekend or next weekend, borrow an open from an agent or your broker in your office. It's also okay to hold any open house from any broker in your state. It's more important to lead with the right house 
than a particular agent or broker. You could also do an open house for new construction, do yes. open houses on all kinds of different things. Now, I'm going to share with you guys some basic, um, well, what should be basic information for all of you with regards to marketing, uh, advertising versus actually being a proactive lead generator. Now, this doesn't directly relate to what we're going to be presenting today, but it's very important because it'll help you understand why a lot of the passive stuff just never has worked and never will work, right? So I'm going to take you guys through a scenario. Long-time show listeners and coaching clients, you guys have heard this before, but it's worth repeating. Let's say today you had to hire a roofer. And the roofer, uh, you have a roof leak. It's on your own personal house. And um, your the question I want you to, the mental exercise really, I want you to go through with us is what, how are you going to go about deciding who the roofer is that you're going to hire? What's your process? And I'll walk you through the traditional or the typical uh, process that people go through. And what I want you to pay special note to is how infrequently you're actually going to lean into advertising or marketing, which, by the way, is all social advertising. All right. So here's what you're going to do. And this is what everyone does whenever they're hiring anybody, not just roofers. Right. Number one, do I know somebody personally? Do I know a roofer? Do I have somebody I've used in the past or, do, you know, what have you? Do I have a personal Per, uh, you know, roofer in my phone that I can just text right now or call right now and have them fix the leak. And if the answer is no, then the next thing you're going to do is you're going to ask a trusted friend or advisor. That's the na natural, normal pro uh, process that everyone goes through when deciding who they should trust as far as being a professional and uh, as far as being a service provider. That, by the way, is the same exact process that everyone goes through when making decisions about anything, not just what they're going to be buying. That exact same process is the same process you go through when just seeking advice in general. Do I know somebody that can help me with this problem? No, I don't. Well, then do I know somebody who might know somebody who can help me with this problem? And then you continue down to the third filter. Now, the third filter is if you don't know someone personally, if you haven't been able to get a referral from a trusted friend or advisor, then and only then are you going to respond to some kind of marketing message. Now, here's the interesting statistical facts, and you guys can Google and research the bejeebers out of this. Julie and I did that um, actually when researching this very example. And it's in our book, Harris Rules. If you guys not purchased our book yet, it's great reading or listening for that matter. It's on Audible. And I see a lot of you guys on Instagram who are uh, posting the fact that you're listening and reading it right now. Absolutely a great foundational core element in every successful real estate agent's uh, life should be learning how to sell real estate over the long term, how to create a long-term profitable business. And that's what the, our book, Harris Rules, is all about. Available in every major bookseller. This is not self-published. Available, obviously, um, on Audible. But most efficiently, it's available on Amazon if you want to get the actual soft cover. The hard covers are long since sold out. So with regards to this process, you want to then realize that when someone's making a decision who they're going to hire to be a real estate, uh, as far as uh, you know, real estate agent, either on the buyer or the seller side, if you're not in one of the first two categories, chances are you're not ever going to get found. So the first question again is, who do I know? The second question is, is, if I don't know somebody, who can I ask? Who's my trusted friend or advisor that I'll go to for advice? And the third question is, is if I do not know someone, if my trusted friends or advisors do not know somebody, then I'm going to, uh, you know, marketing and advertising will be where I'll end up. Now, percentage-wise, now I don't remember this exactly, and Julie might more than me, but if I remember correctly, something like 5 or 6% of all buying decisions for a service provider or a product when someone's seeking advice is made from advertising and marketing. In other words, virtually everybody, and if I remember correctly, Julie, it was something like 50% of the time somebody uses somebody that they used in the past. Mm -hmm. 
And then like the next something like 85 or not 85, obviously 35 percent of the time, something like that. They get a referral from a trusted friend or advisor. And then the remaining, you know, single digit percent. And I do remember it's a single it digit. Is. It, it's like five or six percent. Right. And so when Julie and I learned that and when hopefully you're understanding what we're saying, then you have to ask yourself, why the heck are you spending so much time and so much money? trying to go after single-digit percents of the marketplace? And the answer is, is because you have yet to figure out how to be a proactive lead generator. You've yet to figure out how to have direct communication with folks because ultimately you and everybody else wants to be talking with people face-to-face -face or over the phone. Now, I'll tell you guys something else, and this is a bit of a flight of fancy, but it's kind of interesting, I think. All of these technology companies that were in the industry, all these, you know, they call them different things, prop development, prop tech, uh, you know, financial this and financial that, all these companies since the 1990s who had this fantasy of removing agents from the transaction. You know, disintermediation, as Brad Inman used to refer to it back in the 90s. None of those companies have succeeded, and they never will. There will never be a real estate transaction in at least the United States that does not have a trusted advisor as part of the process. That's you as a real estate professional. So you have to ask yourself, why is that true? And well, first of all, how do I know it's true? Because there has been billions and billions of dollars that's flowed in to try into companies and startups to try to dif disintermediate real estate professionals, trying to replace us. And it's not worked. It never will work because ultimately it's not because the industry is preventing startups. It's not because of this or the other thing. It's because homeowners, consumers, you and me, we all want to have a trusted friend or advisor that's part of the transaction. When we are going about seeking, uh, doing something that is not something we do frequently, making a big financial decision, we want somebody that's going to be there, that's going to guide us hand in hand through the process. We don't want to use an automated process. Otherwise, the real estate agents would have been long since replaced. Now, people will say travel agents and buying stock, those things are all the same. A flight to you know St. Louis is a flight to St. Louis. A you know buying a share of uh, you know EXPI, the real estate company, is the a share of EXPI. I don't I don't need a trusted friend or advisor to in, to essentially um, facilitate that sale. I can go to Ameritrade and do it myself. You guys get the point. That is not the same with real estate. Real estate is complex. Real there's no one home or condo for that matter that's the same. That's the reason that consumers uh, have never wanted to really replace real estate agents, despite the fact that all these tech companies had fantasies of it. So going back to the original point, people use people that they know, or they use people, you know, real estate professionals that they are trusting from, um, you know, a referral from a trusted friend or advisor. And for the most part, people want to use real estate professionals. There's no reason to believe that ever is going to change. That'll never be washed out of the human psyche. They'll always want to be able to use somebody that you know, love, or trust for the sake of helping you through something that's going to potentially be very uh, stressful. That is, again, hardwired into our brains. With that in mind, ask yourself why you are not putting yourself in a position of having more proactive conversations, more proactive lead generation, because the passive stuff is the antithesis, the exact opposite of all these facts I just told you. The passive stuff, buying leads, building funnels, doing all this CRMs and all this drip stuff, that is putting you in that single-digit category. That's the reason it's so much harder to generate business passively and it's so much more inefficient. And getting to the open house point, those leads that you generally will get through passive lead generation are the least motivated, are the least interested in actually transacting. They're the looky-loos. That's the reason that bot leads are the least motivated. Remember, 
When somebody's serious about buying real estate, who do I know? I don't know somebody. Okay, who's a trusted friend or advisor that can suggest that I use somebody? Well, I don't know somebody, and then I'm going to essentially, maybe I'll respond to an ad, right? That's the process. Well, now I want you to think about this. When you are buying leads from Zillow or anybody else, where are those people in that decision-making tree? They are the single digiters. They're the ones that are least motivated. Every single research study that's ever been done has shown that the most motivated uh, buyer leads, many of which, depending on the price point, are also going to be seller leads, are the ones that are driving the neighborhood, the ones that are going through your individual communities. Why? Because they have decided that they want to live in your town. They have decided which neighborhood they want to live in. They may have even decided which streets they want to live in. They know that not all the greatest listings are making it to the MLS. There's a lot of coming soons. It might be some for sale owners or whatever. So they're driving those neighborhoods. Weren't you when you were looking for a house? They are coming through those neighborhoods constantly looking for new listings. That is what the best buyers, most motivated buyers do. Ultimately, you're going to be able to meet the most motivated, absolutely uh, you know, ready to transact buyers doing open houses, not running ads. You guys conceptually understand what I'm trying to say. If you remembered what I just said, for the rest of your life, you will never succumb to buying stupid stuff that's uh, somehow fooling you, or trying to fool you anyway, into believing that you do not have to be a proactive lead generator. So in summary, your job is to be the one that they know. Your job is to be the one that they already know, and if not, to be the one that their trusted friend or advisor refers to you. So why spend your, you know, when you know the statistics, it doesn't make any sense to do anything other than getting to know more people. So point number one, we're talking about open houses. How are you going to be the one that everybody knows? And by the way, you were just talking about, you know, tons of buyer leads that are further down the decision-making tree, but also in open houses, especially as you go to move up neighborhoods or second time move up neighborhoods or luxury neighborhoods, the people going through the open houses are saying, you know what, I cannot believe houses are selling for that in my neighborhood. I'm going to go stop by and see what you get for that price. Those are potential listings. But that's real, but aside from them comping their houses, that's mm -hmm. also a phenomenon. If you're holding, a, a, again, a typical move up, so someone will buy their first house, then for whatever reason they'll decide to buy their second house, then they'll usually, the traditional path is people will have maybe three or four homes in their lifetime. Nowadays, people buy and sell more frequently than that, which is good for our industry. Yeah. But you got to remember, when you're dealing with the first-time buyers, generally speaking, they're going to have nothing to sell, but they're also going to be the easiest to put in a contract quickly because they have nothing to sell. Now, the, and that's the reason a lot of people just focus on first-time buyers. But the move-ups, that's going to be multiple transactions, which is going to be more profitable. When you guys hear about these realtors that had these closings, and I remember when Julie and I sold real estate, one would be stacked on another, 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 another. You'd have like sometimes five and six closings. You had the listing. You, you put the buyer in contract on your listing. You know, that buyer then basically had a house to sell. You sold that one yourself too. And then you end up with multiple commission checks just from having taken one listing. You don't get that from working with buyers, guys. You get that only from being listing agents. And you got to remember, if you want to, this has always been true, but truer now than ever, if you want to last in real estate, you got to be a listing agent. That's right. So that starts with point number one. This is where you'll want to take notes and turn this into your system. And if you're already one of our coaching clients, we go even deeper with the coaching to systematize you. So point number one, choose the right house. First time move up homes are the best. That means their first move up past their, you know, their first time buyer house. Popular neighborhoods, school districts, zip codes, you know what's hot and what's not, so choose wisely. If you don't know what's hot and what's not, ask your broker or a trusted agent that works you know, in those neighborhoods. Don't hold an open house that is behind gates, up a twisty road, hard to find, hard to park, or other inconveniences which will wreck your attendance. 
And then what's the first thing you're going to say? Oh, open houses don't work. Well, no, you just chose the wrong house. Condos and buildings are a pain in the butt too, yeah. but if that's all you've got, that's all you got. But ultimately, just think, if you're driving past that, uh, that neighborhood and you saw an open house sign, or if you have to go through a bunch of everything Julie just described, you're probably just not even going to put in the effort. That's even right. if you are motivated, it's just too much hassle. Well, and in some cases, they won't even find the house. If they got a call through 10 security gates and maybe you answer, maybe you don't. I mean, yeah. come on, guys. Use your common sense here. Exactly. Point number two. Use at least 10 directional signs and ask permission to put those signs in the neighbor's lawns. You can ask them, who do you know who I should call for my open house this weekend or this afternoon? So ask permission. Make it a good thing. That way you don't wonder where your signs went or get mad when you see that they've been taken down. Point number three, know the listing and know the neighborhood. Keep a cheat sheet of the following. Active listings, pending listings, recently sold listings, average days on the market, average list to sell price ratio. Now, if it's not a very large neighborhood, and some neighborhoods are you know, epically huge, they're like mm -hmm. a whole city, yep. but then you want to be having a similar cheat sheet, as Julie says, for competing neighborhoods so that the sellers can really have an understanding Oh, that's Julie's point number four. Go ahead. Yep, point number four. Know the facts about competing neighborhoods. And is there new construction nearby? Have you toured it? And do you know what the facts are about it? What do you get for the money that's probably competing with that listing? Again, even if it's not your listing, you still need to know this stuff for your open. So uh, coaching clients, you guys are part of our coaching program. Coach Rochelle did a great open house video, and she posted it on the private Facebook group. Make sure you guys go and watch that video. She showed you exactly how to set up everything. She told you exactly what to say, all the scripts. Open houses are an art and a science. They're low stress. Generally speaking, they're a lot of fun. They're a lot of fun to set up. They're a lot of fun to meet new people. It's the whole experience of an open house is exactly why you got into real estate in the first place. It's giving you an opportunity to meet folks. If you know what to say and how to say it, you're going to generate so many leads you won't even, you'll be shocked. You're going to generate <laughs> listing leads. Don't be sheepish when you generate a listing lead. Don't be in any way running from the opportunity to list a house. Use our scripts. Use our pre-qualification scripts. Know what to say and know how to say it. And if you don't, then guess what? You've got to learn. That's right, and we can help you with that. Point number five, realize that the seller, whether they're selling with you or another agent, is watching and listening to you. Most homes have cameras now and other security measures. There's all kinds of stories online about agents getting themselves into trouble about saying something goofy or inaccurate or just being unprofessional. Good to remember when you're doing showings as well. Indeed. Okay, point number six, capture any and all potential prospects, those are buyers and seller of prospects, using an app or a sign-in book. Follow up the same day or evening using our open house lead follow-up scripts. Which home in the area do you plan on selling? One of the, the biggest time management issues that my elite clients have that have systematized their open house is finding the time to call everybody back. I, I mean, they're, they're talking about 50 to 60 people that have signed in with phone numbers. Nice problem to have. So I'm going to give you guys a little sidestep here, and I'm going to call this little sidestep, this little trip around the you know roses here. Uh, call it, I'm going to call it shut up. Okay, so here's <laughs> what you need to shut up about. Shut up about your opinion of decorating location uh, con uh, condition. Don't say anything. Never say anything negative. You guys are so prone to act like your home inspectors, act like you're some sort of future prognosticators about what's going to happen to the community, the neighborhood. You are saying things constantly that's not just causing you not to sell homes, but it's also causing the people not to want to work with you. Nobody wants to work with anybody negative. So here's the old rule. If they like it, you love it. And if they don't like it, you love it. I'm sorry. If they like it, you love it. And if they don't like it, you, you like, still it. like it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You never not like anything. You could say something like somebody has this wallpaper that you just have some sort of 
you know, visual disagreement with. But that could be the very reason that the buyer who's about to walk in wants to buy it because of the fact that that's the same wallpaper that their grandma had or something like that. You don't comment on smells. Don't comment on location. You might think, well, this is the worst location ever because there's a busy road or whatever. But the buyers do not care. It is not your job to do anything other than open the door and then, guess what, shut up. Let them make their own decisions. Walk through with them. If they don't like this, they don't like the other thing, don't make that the issue. Don't make the fact that there's a wall that needs to be moved and all of a sudden you're an architectural expert and somehow you're a you know a master builder. You're not. Shut up. Let the buyer make their own decision. Because what happens a lot of times is buyers will say things um, and then they'll forget that they said them. Like you might think that the buyer's got some major issue with the kitchen and now you're saying, well, I'm going to get remodeling experts. I'm going to get all kinds of blah, blah, blah. And then 10 minutes later, the buyer doesn't even remember that they said it. Do not say anything. Keep your mouth shut. You're just there to support them. You're just there to walk around with them. You're just there to find the attributes, the things that you do like. But you don't even need to say that. Just don't say anything. Let them make their own decisions. It's stop, especially men, acting like your home inspectors. Even if you are a home inspector, when you're showing people houses and you're being a real estate professional, do not act like a home inspector. Do not act like an appraiser. Do not act like anything else other than what you are. Your license says real estate salesperson, which means your job as a real estate salesperson and read your agency form is to open the door and let them walk around the house and make their own decision. When you complicate things with your opinions, you will cost yourself sales. And by the way, they do not want your opinion, not, not like you nope. think that they do. They want your opinion to reinforce the decision that they're already making. So if you learn to, you know, how do you say Zip shut up? It. How do you say shut up in Spanish? Cayete. Cayete, por favor. <laughs> you will find that you will sell more houses. People will like you more. No, we're not telling you not to offer opinions. We know we're not telling you not to be a professional, but you're not. You're not a professional inspector, appraiser, all the other things. Even if you are, again, I'm going to say this again, in the, in the uh, job that you're providing as a real estate salesperson, do not intermix these different things. That means that you need to, again, just be there to be supportive. Don't make it so complicated. When the house is in contract, when you've actually sold it, that's when a real professional will offer appraisal advice. That's when a real professional will be doing advice on home condition. All the other things happen afterwards, but if you never get them in a contract in the first place, you're never going to make any money. And by the way, you don't sell real estate. The real estate sells itself. You, most of you, talk people out of buying real estate so because of what you say. You do not sell real estate. There's never been a real estate agent that's talked maybe an investor, but there's never been a real estate agent that's talked a homeowner into buying a house ever. That never happens. And if you think that's what sales skills is, you're wrong. But agents every single day talk themselves out of sales because they don't cayete por favor. <laughs> Silencio, exactly. Yes, and, and so to summarize that, you would say, don't create an objection where there isn't one. That is not your job. And in the coaching program, we do teach you scripts to deal with these situations because you're going to be in a situation where a buyer, a potential buyer, walks through your open house and says, well, what, what do you think about this, whatever home inspection item it would be? Your, your script is, that's a great question to have during a home inspection, or that's the reason we have an appraiser, all of those things. So don't create an objection where there isn't any, and hand in hand with that is don't speculate. We were in one about a week ago where they were speculating about what was happening in the backyard and why is there a bunch of dirt and, well, I don't know, they might be so, uh, building houses back there in that view. We don't speak Spanish that well, but we understand it very well. And um, we were overhearing two agents speculate about what was going on 
within, you know, Julie and I don't sell real estate here in Puerto Rico, but a friend of ours was interested in a house that was for sale in our neighborhood. It was a brand new listing. It was listed for what we thought was a decent price. And these agents were babbling around about their opinions about what was going on behind. They didn't even bother to, and they were about to say something really stupid to this prospective buyer. Totally speculative, too. Totally speculative, right. And, you know, they didn't realize what the big construction behind it, uh, of this particular villa, was for the sake of actually improving the value of the villa and that they're, you know, we're going to build an extension to a lake and build an extension to a golf course. But these agents were convincing themselves that somehow the developer was going to um, building new construction right behind this villa, which is totally incorrect. It's actually the opposite of what's going on. Exactly. So again, keep your opinions to yourself. Even if you hear a rumor, don't say anything. Your job is to open the door, introduce from the house, and let them make their own decisions. Walk around and be quiet. They do not actually want to hear from you. No. And again, we have in our uh, coaching program a uh, complete buyer system. And one of the t- uh, key tenants in the buyer system is to walk around with the buyers Give them plenty of room. Do not, you know, be up in the bathroom with them and walking in the, you know, you guys taking pictures of you with the, in these tiny little shower stalls with your buyers. What the hell are you doing? I mean, honestly, leave the buyers alone to explore the house and to see if they're actually emotionally attaching to it. And then when they do, and again, we give you scripts for what to say, then you can help them make the decision to purchase the house. But all this other stuff, especially stuff I uh, see and hear on YouTube that's supposedly training you guys how to sell houses is insane. You know, you guys have to realize that your job as a real estate practitioner is to facilitate the transaction. Primarily, that's what you're there to do. And if you do not, not only will you not sell real estate, but the buyers will fire you. You will actually lose buyers who you think you have a great relationship with. Why? Because you did not sell them a house. You did not find them a property to purchase. They got frustrated with working with you, and they moved on to somebody else. Somebody who knows how to sell real estate does not essentially throw too many ingredients into the stew, ruining it for everybody. Exactly. So point number seven, door knock or canvas the neighborhood the day before your open house. Speak with as many homeowners as possible and ask who you should be calling so they can choose their neighbors. Actually connect with the neighborhood. Remember, your job is to be the one everybody knows. Point number eight, have rate sheets in your open houses showing three different ways to purchase the home. Different down payments, different scenarios, which is best for the prospect. Now, you guys haven't done rate sheets in a long time because rates were so low and everybody was doing 30-year fixed. That that right there, Jules, is one of the most powerful things you can do. And by the way, your loan officers should be fighting to put rate sheets in your listings because obviously that's going to lead loan uh, opportunities to them. Uh, This is definitely worth repeating. We talked about this the other day. Go back and listen to the past podcast. We talked to you about all the different types of mortgages are out th- uh, that are out there. We also talked to you about how to buy rates down, things like that. But really what we hoping, we're hoping you took away from this past podcast are that very few loan officers, and again, I think that's a funny name for a salesperson, but yeah. very few loan officers are going to have the exact, are going to have the skill, frankly, or the know-how how to do mortgages that are going to be necessary for a rising interest rate environment. So you're going to have to be smarter than everyone you deal with, especially on the mortgage side. And don't assume that the wonderful loan officer you've been using during this past seller's market when interest rates were super low is going to be the guy or the gal that you're going to use moving forward. Listen to the past podcasts on that topic. Yes, and I do monitor mortgage news, uh, housing wire and stuff like that. And I can tell you that the mortgage industry is being pretty proactive trying to educate their LOs on all of this stuff after all the refi guys got fired, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that we're going to see a lot of this stuff come back, but probably led by agents asking questions 
So if you get kicked back from your, your LO that says, well, what's a rate sheet? You probably need to use somebody else. All right, point number nine, be sensitive to what you're discussing about the seller's situation, whether that's your seller or especially if it's a borrowed open house, what are you actually authorized to share? This goes back to your point, Tim, to not overdo your conversations. If a potential buyer or their agent asks you, for example, why is the seller selling? What are you actually allowed to disclose? Will they perceive that the seller is more or less motivated by your answer? Agents and buyers are very apt to look for a reason to, of course, to come in lower or you know, to be more pushy with their offer. If you say the seller is moving because of divorce, the assumption is going to be, well, they must be really motivated to get rid of that house. Or, if you, or even if you say they're building a new house around the corner, well, when is that house going to get done? They're going to have two mortgages soon. So you have to be careful about what you say because of the rest of the conversation that gets filled in by the other person. So here's something else. I had a, actually a coaching call and I was using our buyer prequal script and we do have a buyer prequal script and the buyer prequal script is just to design, obviously to prequalify the buyer, not just for the ability to purchase, but also their motivation to purchase. And the buyer prequal script, if you're not using it, one of the questions that's within it, Mr. Seller, it, I'm a seller. I, I, love, talk, I love talking about based. sellers. It's hard for me to talk about buyers. I know. Mr. Buyer, if I were to show you a property that met all your criteria, location, condition, everything else, was, it was you know, exactly what you wanted or so close, that you, you know, it was definitely the house you were looking for. On a scale of 1 to 10, Mr. Buyer, uh, with 10 being you'd write the contract right away, you're ready to purchase it no matter what, you're going to win that house. And 1, you have to still think about it maybe someday. Where would you rate yourself? And normally what people say buyers say is they're going to say a seven and then when you ask them okay a seven congratulations that's fantastic what would it take to get you to a 10 now you're actually going to do some further pre-qualifying and you're going to find out what's actually standing in the way of them purchasing a house then you're going to discover they have to sell this they have to do that they have to get this fixed on their credit they have to do all these other types of things these conversations should not be happening when you're showing houses this conversation along with the rest of the questions in our buyer pre-qualification process happens before usually on the phone on the first contact, before you actually show them any houses. Otherwise, you're going to be spending your entire summer and winter and fall working with time-wasting uh, people that are not really motivated. And it's not their fault. Buyers are not liars. You just did not ask the right questions. You did not pre-qualify them. They were not experienced buyers to know. They assumed you were experienced. Well, I guess, you know, John and Susie Agent wouldn't be working with me if I wasn't ready to buy a house. They would have, they're the professionals. I assume that you know, they were going to pre-qualify me because that was the expectation of working with a professional. And you're like, oh, my God, I have a buyer that actually wants to see houses. Woohoo! <laughs> I won the real estate lottery. And then you start seeing the, you know, dancing commission checks in your head. All the while, these people were mediocre, mediocrely motivated at best. So that is the point of taking a professional approach. And the buyer scripts are, of course, part of Premier Coaching. Many of you are already in Premier Coaching. Thousands of you are. The rest of you, what the heck are you waiting for? And we've made it very easy for you. Actually, so easy that it's going to um, be something you're going to do urgently and immediately. Text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372. Text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372. And when you do, you can actually schedule your own uh, coaching call with one of our new member coaches. And you're going to get the real estate treasure map and some other things we're going to give you as gifts. But during that coaching call, you're actually going to also hear about our premier coaching program, which depending on how you decide to join, you can join for around $100 a month. So text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372. You choose your day. You choose your time of your free coaching call. Text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372. Remember, message and data rates may apply.
Point number 10, systematize your open house spoke and turn it into your lead generation machine. Agents who are great at this consistently generate at least one new listing from every open house, oftentimes it's more than that, and of course an endless supply of buyers, some of which have homes to sell. Never pay for buyer leads again when you can instead generate better quality leads yourself. You know, Julie, there's a whole generation of people that do not, that they app agents who don't know that buyer leads are the easiest thing ever to generate. Yes. And well, they pay for them. That is so insane. It's completely Honestly, insane. It makes, no, it makes no sense. You guys hold yeah. one house open. Oh, here, Harold, you take one listing and you do an open house on that, you know, following our plan, doing exactly what we suggest you to do. You will have in this market between, I'm not going to give an exact number, but dozens and dozens and dozens yes. of buyer leads. Then your job is to pre-qualify those buyer leads. The buyers that have houses to sell, boom, now you've got a list of sellers. It comes from taking one listing. It comes from taking one listing. Not working on your branding or your TikTok videos or working on your CRM or working on your funnel. Being a listing agent, it all comes from being a listing agent. That's always the first domino. Whether it's a new house or a first time buyer house or a luxury house. In this marketplace, you can make money on both of them. In, some, in a normal marketplace, the upper end stuff is, you know, they're white elephants and they take forever to sell. But nowadays, everything's selling. It, now, obviously, land won't be something you could hold an open house on, but you guys get the point. Yes, that's right. So, uh, systematize it. Don't you, it drives me crazy when agents say, I'm going to go sit in open house. Oh my gosh, please don't ever say that again. But to your point, for some of our listeners, taking that first listing or their next listing, if you're out of listings right now, that is the most important thing that you can do to move your career forward because of all good things coming from that listing. That's why we're talking about open houses And we today. do give you guys scripts in yes. our coaching program what to say, and Julie just said one of them. And you're not supposed to be sitting there back in the kitchen on your iPhone and on your iPad playing you know, whatever you're doing. You're supposed to be having conversations. You're supposed to be standing in a particular place in the house, saying a particular thing, engaging in conversations. That's how you actually make money being a real estate sales professional. Exactly. Point number 11, take the time to really know the subject property. Know all the usual things like bedrooms, baths, square footage, but also the ages of appliances, roofing, other pertinent items so that you're not speculating. You actually have a factual answer. Pretend you are the potential buyer. What are the schools, the parks, the places of worship? Is there a homeowners association? What are the fees? What's the property tax? If you don't know the answer, don't wing it or guess. We just talked a lot about that. Don't speculate or BS people. And at the same time, don't get stuck talking about the age of the appliances and the refrigerator and the age of the roof and all the rest of it. Just That's give them the facts and move on. Exactly. That should be on a piece of paper and move on. Those are really good buyers that are asking analytical questions mm -hmm. like that, obviously. Those are really drilled down buying type questions. And by the way, if you do have a house that has older appliances, um, the offset for that is getting the seller or, frankly, the buyer to pay for a home warranty. That way, if any of those things go kaput after the closing happens, the home warranty will cover the cost. And for those of you who have rental properties like Julie and I, home warranties are another killer way to keep your maintenance costs down on your properties long term. That's right. And some of them will actually put the warranty in place as soon as you take the listing. Right. So that's a good thing to research that if you don't know about it. Point number 12, get an open house partner who is licensed to help you manage the sign-in process, answer questions, and provide added security. It's a great thing to have so many people attend your open house, but even better when you're able to connect with 100% of them after the fact. This point didn't used to be in our open house lineup. The reason that that's in there is because open houses are just absolutely killing it right now because there's not enough inventory everybody wants to go through. We've had coaching clients that have had over 100 people attend their open house. 
So if the point is to obviously potentially sell the house, but also to lead generate for you, which is what all of our points were about, then if you're generating at that level, which is highly likely, especially in the very popular neighborhoods, you have to have a system for actually getting those sign-ins and following up. Otherwise, you just worked your butt off and you're not going to have enough people to follow up on. You've got to be conscious of what's going on. And if you don't know how it's going to go, you know, maybe you take this weekend and go to other agents' open houses and see what that's like, and then you do yours the following weekend. Remember, your op- the point of your open house is, yes, to sell the house, but the open house really is for you to pick up yes. free leads, primarily seller leads. Now, some of you are going to say, I don't have any open house signs. Don't make that your excuse not to do it. We're saying you can go online right now and order a gaggle of open house signs that don't cost anything. We would strongly suggest you actually start putting your name on your open house signs. Like what Julie and I did is ours was called Harris Family Team, Mm -hmm. right? And then we had a Harris Family Team logo, and then we had that on our open house sign. So the logo would be on the top and the open house directional, you know, pointing arrow whatever way was on the bottom of the sign. Corrugated plastic wire thing. None of them are going to last. A lot of them are going to get stolen, driven over. It doesn't matter. They're not going to cost that much money. You want to, you know, Julie said have at least 10 open house signs. Why? Because when someone's driving past that community, we wanted them to see Harris Family Team everywhere, just a wash everywhere with Harris Family Team. The neighbors, the people driving by, we would put them on the major intersections. You know, we had to play Frogger sometimes to get some of the signs out. It got to the point where when Julie and I had agents that were working for us as part of our group, our team, we would actually do a Harris tour of homes every single weekend. And that would be exactly as you're envisioning it. We would publish when the ABC, you know, we'd have, say, 12 listings. And let's say each listing was going to be open for an hour for a particular, uh, you know, a particular day. So this one's going to be open from 10 to 11. This one's going to be open till 11 to 12, and you, and you guys get it. And we would have different agents that would be sitting at each of these open houses. I said sitting, but they'd mm-hmm. be at each open house. Yeah. And so what we actually would create, and it was amazing, and the first time we came up with this idea, we thought, well, no one's actually going to do it, but then they did. What the buyers will do is they'll go to the first open house, they know the next one's opening up in an hour, and then those same buyers are at the first one be waiting at the second one, then the third one, then the fourth one. Then now, you can pretty much be assured that if someone's setting aside that amount of time to go through open houses, that's a rock star buyer, probably also has a house to sell. Think about how many, uh, how, think about how you're going to feel when you're out in the field and you're actually talking directly with buyers or sellers. At the end of the day, you're gonna be tired, you're gonna be wiped out, but you're gonna be proud of yourself from having, for having actually got out in front of your you know, actual humans opposed to your computer screen. You guys get it? This business will always be a people helping direct communication business. The more that your competitors run to hide behind their screens, the less uh, successful they'll become and the more successful you'll become if you realize that really where the business is is outside your front door, not in front of a computer screen. That is where the business is always going to be done for selling anything, not just real estate, cars, phones, everything. It's going to be done people to people, and that is never going to change. Did Tesla sell all their cars online? They do. You order it online, but you go to what? A store to actually look at it. All those types of human behaviors and the characteristic or in the, the human brain wants to interact with the human and wants to see the product, wants to have that connection before they make any sort of decision that they determine to be a large. You'll go online, you'll buy a pair of tennis shoes, who cares? But when it comes to actually making a big decision, you're going to want to deal directly with a professional. Put yourself in the position of being that professional. If you're a new agent, no better way than you to follow our open house guide. This was just an overview. We did, you know, obviously you want to have the scripts and the more drilled down uh, pictures of the different things that you should be doing inside your open house. But we only have you guys for 30 to 40 minutes a day. 
When you're ready to become a premier coaching client, which all of you should be, text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372. Text the word JOIN to 47372. When you do, we'll text you back a little uh, you know, quick message. You have to say yes, and when you say yes, then we're going to text you a link so you can join Premier Coaching. But actually, when you text the word JOIN, you're actually going to be scheduling your own day and time for a private coaching call with one of our new member coaches. And yes, they'll be telling you about the Premier Coaching Program. So again, text the word JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 47372. Remember, message and data rates may apply. So your homework, for those of you serious, are going to be yes, give us a great five-star review on iTunes and Spotify, but do an open house this weekend. Do two open houses this weekend. Surprise the market with how urgent you are. Surprise the market with how hard you're willing to work. Surprise the market with the fact that, oh, you know, for example, when you do an open house, one of the best things to do is go knock on the doors of all the neighbors' houses and personally invite them. Maybe your open house is going to be from noon till four. Well, go and invite all the neighbors, give them a little flyer, neighbors only open house, and do that from, you know, 10 till noon. So let the neighbors in prior to actually letting the general public in. What's that going to do? Put you in a position where you're talking directly with the neighbors. Yeah, which sorts out the listing leads up front, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. So well, guys. yeah, I mean, and this is something that our coaching clients are extremely good at because most of them are doing the Canvas the Neighborhood first because bringing it full circle, be the one that everybody knows. Why would you do anything else? I mean, think about your own buying habits as you were talking. I was thinking about some of the things in our own lives that, like, what, we're getting our windows done next week. Well, how did I get that? Well, I asked a trusted friend or advisor because I didn't already know somebody. So when, when we're done talking with you guys, write down some of these things. How do you know your vet? How do you know your dentist? It proves the point. Probably you didn't just, you know, look at a TikTok video to find your dentist. I hope not. Exactly. That's kind of funny, though, if you did. <laughs> I don't think I want a dancing, no. singing dentist. My point, yes. In, in the meantime, for those of you who are ready to join EXP Realty, Julie and I are proudly, we're actually um, EXP Realty's ambassadors, but we'd love to talk with you about joining our EXP Realty team. If you'd love to uh, work with us, we'd love to work with you, partner with you at EXP Realty as your sponsor. Text me directly, and I'll tell you all the benefits of working with Julie and I having us as your sponsor at 512-758-0206. That is my cell phone number, so text me at 512-758-0206. Don't call, text, and just put EXP, and I'll, I'll communicate directly with you back. Don't be surprised when I do. It's not an AI bot. It's not an assistant. It's really me. So it's 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.